seconds. T minus 40 seconds. T minus 30 seconds. Minus twenty seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Own it, own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Okay, Paso folks, happy Friday, happy Friday. Friday is finally here. Woo, I am beyond happy and excited about this. Anywho, welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. My name is TK Trinidad, and we are doing all things news for WWT Live, and we have a lot to get into. At first, I thought it was going to be a slow day, but, you know, they're like, nope, not, not the case. Uh, so we're going to bring him in, Mr. Bonner. What's good? How are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you, TK? I'm good. And we're going to do things a little bit different because, you know, this man is, he kind of looks like a cat burglar, but, uh, you know, he has a lot of things going on today. So we're just going to do all three of us just to, from, from the get-go. Let's McCoy, go. What's going on? That's <laughs> right. Young cat burglar out here because I am here to drop jewels, ladies and gentlemen. How about are you wearing all the a wrestling? beanie? It is the summertime, right? August. Yeah, in LA. Mm -hmm. Listen, when you're cooler than a polar bear's toenail, it doesn't even matter how you feel. You know what I mean? Like this, like like this was just something I put on when I was walking around the house, clearly, and not uh, panicking to get ready for the show at all. So, uh, no, but is it, it like central air? Like, is it super uh, cold in your house? Like, what's going on? I, I mean, some say I'm cold-hearted. I'm cold-blooded, so I keep a cold crib. Uh, no, it's very cool. And this is L.A. Everything is very light. It's not heavy. It's, it's, it's light clothing. So, you know, we just dress for the aesthetic. And I wanted to, you know, dress like a cat burglar because I'm still in the hearts of everybody here at WWT Live. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said. <laughs> From the gate. Jeez. Yeah. The gate. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out. You know, <laughs> it was either that or I was getting ready to pack my bags to go to London for um, NXT UK tapings in December. I heard those going to be crazy. Right. This NXT guy. UK tapings in December. Is, is that happening still? Is that we not go. happening? No? Well, okay. that leads right we into go. what Mr. Bonner is going to talk about. So, so hit us with it. It sure is. So the news broke yesterday. It started with this idea that NXT UK is going to be expanding into this concept called NXT Europe. 
So the way this is supposed to go is this is designed to be an expansion um, where NXT Europe will reimagine the brand and the talent pipeline focused Mm. not just on the UK, but on all of Europe. So NXT UK, of course, began back in December of 2016, had a big two-day tournament in January of 2017, saw Tyler Bate become the first champion. We saw a lot of really neat stars come through NXT UK. And uh, in the process of all of this, the expansion of NXT Europe means that NXT as we know it will go on a hiatus. Well, that hiatus mm, looks more like uh, the end rather than a pause because uh, NXT UK on the same day announced about 21 people uh, either choosing to leave or being cut from WWE. So if you watch NXT UK, these names are, well, pretty important to you. And uh, let's just run through the names of these people. You're talking Trent Seven, who is a former NXT and NXT UK tag champion. Sid Scala, who was the assistant to the general manager. You've got Tio Man, Oliver Carter, a former tag champion. T-Bone, Zaya Brookside, who is the daughter of Robbie Brookside. Eddie mm-hmm. Dennis, Saxton Hun- Hunley, uh, Amir Jordan. The announcer, the female announcer, Kirsta Bosley, she's gone. Then you've got Wild Boar, Flash Morgan Webster, who's a former tag champ, along with Mark Andrews. He's gone. Jack Stars, Amali, um, Dave Mastiff, who's one of the originals from NXT UK, Kenny Williams, Ashton Smith, another former tag champion, Primate, Danny Luna, Nina Samuels, Shay Samuels, Sam Gradwell, Rohan Raha, and Millie McKenzie. All gone. So that doesn't exactly sound like a reimagine because clearly the bulk of the folks are not coming over. Now we saw, and we talked about this on Wednesday, that I thought it was super interesting that we would see so much talent from NXT UK appear on NXT Heat Wave. Well, that is indeed a setup. It is a setup for the weekend, oddly enough, of All Out which also happens to be the weekend of the uh, Clash at the Castle. So the Clash Mm -hmm. at the Castle will happen that Saturday night. That Sunday afternoon will be When Worlds Collide, NXT versus NXT UK. And that is supposed to be the final hurrah, as we know it, of NXT UK. That's happening on September the 4th, just hours before AEW All Out. Uh, Someone asked, is Isla Dawn still on the roster? She is as of right now. That, of course, could change as well um, because people will then have to decide whether or not they're going to come over. One of the names that's been mentioned uh, that will likely come over is Ginny, who um, Mm -hmm. is the girlfriend of Walter, excuse me, Gunther. Gunther. um, Yes, so she's supposed to be coming over. And uh, one of the things that people have to think about is you know, if these folks are going to continue, they have options. It could potentially be with NXT. It could be with NXT Europe. It could uh, end up with uh, Raw or SmackDown. It depends. But literally the bulk of that roster, as we know it, is now gone. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't look at it. I mean, it, it is at one. I hope they found out before we all found out. Because, you know, sometimes right. WWE be- Oh, I didn't know I was fired until I actually saw the article. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. So I hope they found out prior to 
the article drop, the articles dropping. Um, but the good thing is there is the reimagined version of NXT Europe. Right. So maybe they had to clear out everything in order to kind of almost, cause that's essentially starting from, starting from scratch. So, right. you know, they might be without a job for, you know, a few months, less than six months. Right. Um, and it's holiday season technically. So, I mean, who doesn't want to be working during the holidays? Just saying. Right. Um, but I, I think there's, a, a, with those 21 people, there's a high chance that we're going to see the majority of them in NXT Europe in some way, shape or form. Like right. it, it doesn't feel as bad as one of those things where WWE cuts you and is like, nah, they, they cut you. This is, it's, it's a wrap for now. Right. You know how they right. like to bring people back. Um, so it is bad. Nobody wants to lose their job. Not about that, sure. but sure. it's, there's still kind of hope with the fact that uh, NXT Europe is around the corner. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how NXT Europe will be handled. Obviously I think COVID uh, really did play a factor in this because NXT UK was really moving super strong prior to uh, March of 2020. The original, well, I shouldn't call it the original, but one of the last Win Worlds collides happened in January of 2020, and it was a big yeah. deal. It was NXT versus NXT UK, and I mean NXT UK kind of came out on top. Uh, in that, which gave a lot of momentum. Uh, also, NXT UK, they were doing house shows and things of that nature prior yep. to the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, pretty much all house shows stopped. It took mm -hmm. a long time before they started taping again. When they did start taping, and it's interesting that I should mention, NXT UK is the only WWE brand that actually stopped producing shows during the pandemic. So that says a lot, you know, mm -hmm. um, and part of that had to do, of course, with the differences in Europe versus the differences in the uh, United States in terms of, you know, Vince finding ways to be able to tape and pre present content, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they were just welcoming fans back. So there were fans back at their recent tapings and things of that nature. Um, the thing about British wrestling, though, is there's still plenty of British wrestling available to the folks mm -hmm. who may have been cut. There was a strong relationship between the WWE and Progress. Progress yep. actually still has shows that end up on the WWE network with Sons, some of that same Sons Jonathan Gresham matches. <laughs> well, well, yes, well, with, with some of the, the talent that's on there, um, which, by the way, another person that's scheduled to be coming over uh, to NXT is Charlie Dempsey who is the son of William Regal. William Regal. So uh, mm. that's going to be uh, pretty cool to see. He's amazing, too. So, really yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see. I think NXT Europe is going to be a big thing if the WWE is able to be able to book shows over there, get regular traction going with that. Mm -hmm. And again, with it being open to all of Europe versus just the UK, the talent pool gets to grow in that. As well, um, I would imagine, like you said, TK, that there will be opportunity for those who want to come back from NXT UK to be able to do that. Um, nobody's leaving on bad terms. And again, this is right. the new regime. So the new regime uh, has no problem bringing people back. So it's going to be interesting to watch how all of this unfolds. But the news really had a domino effect going from the expansion of NXT Europe to the release and leaving of a bulk of their roster. Yeah, and it's one of those things that we were going to see happen when they first made the announcement. I said, uh-oh, Triple H 
is officially back in charge is what this means. Mm. And, of course, this was followed by – they snuck it in there. It really wasn't highlighted, but HBK, Shawn Michaels, is that now part. the vice president of talent development creative. Ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, D-Generation X, is essentially running WWE creative and who they bring in and out of the roster. I think with this expansion from just pigeonholing themselves to just the UK to NXT Europe, they are essentially WWE. They put the world in world wrestling entertainment. And we see that even though WWE is world wrestling entertainment, it's primarily based here in the States. It's America. It's W-America, it's Womerica, if you will. Now, with this NXT Europe, they can truly be world wrestling entertainment with this NXT brand that kind of just kind of flies for the purest and the wrestling fans only. So it's going to be dope. They're going to obviously start doing shows in Germany and start doing more shows in Scotland, with beginning with Clash at the Castle um, on the main roster. But I think with this, we're truly seeing NXT become world wrestling entertainment if you will by having being based over in europe um wxw icw i'm a little worried about those guys i think they'll be fine there's enough room for everybody but this is huge this is major and this is triple h's vision and i think what happens in europe will eventually gradually affect what happens on the main roster because it, it, it's like this why are we going to tour in some of these flyover states, if you will, for house shows? Well, we can just do a two, three-week tour in Europe on the main roster where we can have Raw, SmackDown, or pay-per-views back over in Europe. So I think this is the expansion of WWE becoming that true world juggernaut once again. And to that point, I'll also add, I think the expansion of NXT Europe really does have to now alter what NXT 2.0 looks like. Absolutely. Because if NXT 2.0 is developmental, but you have nothing but experienced superstars in NXT UK and NXT Europe, then NXT Europe cannot be the subgenre of NXT 2.0. That's impossible. So right. I think this is really going to alter what NXT 2.0 ultimately looks like, which, again, gets all the way back to Triple H's initial vision, which I think is a very good thing. Absolutely. Like the third brand is the way to go for NXT. Something that was different from Raw SmackDown. That's what made NXT NXT. It was major without a major deal is what it felt like for you know it was like the indies but on a major level it was treated as such the nxt championships were recognized as world championships and you can't have that when 2.0 is seen as developmental that's why i think with this world's collide post world's mm -hmm. collide i think we're going to see a huge difference in the way that nxt looks there's no reason why i mean there's a reason why you know apollo cruz is there there's a reason why we've seen some of the talent come back down to kind of heighten the level that's around. And, I mean, for Gallus to pull up, I thought that yeah. was amazing. I'm marked out. Mm -hmm. That was pretty dope mm -hmm. to see Gallus pull up and to see Blair Davenport. And we're going to mm -hmm. start to see that even though there's NXT and NXT Europe now, it's going to be treated as one NXT universe. Almost to yep. what Raw and SmackDown are. Yeah, they're two different shows, but they're one universe. And I think we're going to see more cohesiveness between that. We see them sprinkle in with um, with uh, Jensen and um, uh, Briggs 
as yeah. uh, NXT UK Tag Champions. I think we're going to see that highlighted. Maybe they're going to drop back to Pretty Deadly come Worlds Collide. I think we're going to start to see that battle for NXT Supremacy, how you see with the Raw and SmackDown rosters, which I'm excited for because it gives me a reason to go overseas and like enjoy some wrestling because there's nothing like overseas wrestling man like over there is awesome obviously wwe would not be able to do it in japan or anything like that because there's such a strong uh parasite with all japan and new japan and and you know pro wrestling no one whatnot but i think europe is like the perfect counterpart because again we share so many differences with uh europe so it's gonna be exciting to see what happens but yeah Shawn michaels and triple h they're they're, they're running nxt in yeah, their visions they're running wwe yeah, <laughs> that part I yeah. just hope that um, they're, it's like you were saying, Kane, that's not going to be like NXT UK was almost like the redhead stepchild. It's like, oh, by the way, mm -hmm. and if or or somebody came over and their whole like, character has changed. So I hope there is some acknowledgement that like, hey, NXT Europe and this is a legitimate brand. This is not like just a Passover thing. So. Yeah. We'll see and sometimes happens. it would even come on. Like I'll be watching, trying to look for it live at British Standard Time, whatever, which would be like 4 p.m. here, and it wouldn't even be on. I just have to like catch it like on demand. It wouldn't be live, so it was really weird. But I'm excited for Worlds Collide. Braun Breaker against um Tyler Bate, uh for the championships. Uh, I, I, it's gonna be a lot of dream matches, and maybe they might announce the NXT european championship they need a secondary championship in NXT europe so this is the perfect time to bring back the european championship and show tony khan and aew what an actual map looks like because it's going to be defended Ooh. in europe as opposed to the all atlantic which is like developed like defended in the pacific and like that way and that way it's like you know it's going to be european shots <laughs> fired Seamus, put it on Seamus. Uh, who has this next story? There's some people who are not very uh, happy with AEW at the moment. Do you want me to grab that or do you want that, sir? Man, let's talk about it, man. CM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk and John Moxley Wednesday night. AEW Dynamite. It was a lot of fireworks, all right? Punk pulled up and was like, yo, let me tell you what it is and what it ain't, bro. I'm the guy. Moxley has been the third best guy multiple times in groups. I mean, just listen to CM Punk's promo with the ether beat playing in the background because mm -hmm. he was dropping some bars into your soul like ether. And then that was a very interesting portion before he got into Moxley where he mentioned Hangman Adam Page. I was like, yo, is Page coming out and you coming out? That's what I thought punk stay with the dork order and some people think that was that in there was that like punk shooting what was there but the second city saint and aew might have some beef going on right now because they said that he apparently went into business for himself but it's been reported by fightful select our homies over there that punk is quote often verbally expressed his displeasure about things during his aew run and that the straight edge superstar might end up quitting the company, quote. And it's like, yeah, is this a work? Are we being worked? Is this a shoot? Personally, I don't care what any of it is. I'm happy that we're talking about it. Sit back and enjoy. Let us think that we know what's going on because this is exciting. Mm -hmm. This is what professional wrestling should be. The suspension of disbelief. Do we like each other? Do we not? Punk is very old school. You got to remember, Punk's a 25-year-plus wrestling guy, okay? He's been in the business forever. Before people were doing Instagrams and doing all this, being friends out here in these streets, we almost got one, JD, but don't worry, buddy. You came just in time. It's coming. You know what I'm saying? So with that said, 
CM Punk is not going to reveal the business or talk about anything really because CM Punk's going to tell it what it is, and CM Punk has never been one to punk out. Uh oh. There, we go. <laughs> there it is. I was hoping it waits. I was hoping it's wait. But also, G, uh, they mentioned that uh the whole thing with Coke Cabana, apparently, which his name always sounds like an Eminem rap to me, Coke Cabana. Um, that he's only on ROH because Punk told him to send uh Punk told Khan to send him to ROH. It's a lot wow. and a genuine beef between Punk and Paige, apparently. You know, but at the end of the day, it got me watching. Well, it's it's something, you know, I want to get back to that work versus shoot piece. Uh, everybody is seem seemingly saying this when we have these kinds of things happening. And every time they say it, it proves not to be a work. Um, you know, everybody was like, well, was the MJF promo a work or a shoot? Well, we haven't seen MJF since. And mm -hmm. again, I think sometimes what happens is, you know, people... People said that about the two folks who we won't name, right? Is this a work or a shoot? Well, we have the nameless <laughs> ones remain nameless and remain off of our televisions. So I think what we have to remember is creative in both of these companies isn't that creative and that committed that they'll do that kind of thing. So with that said, um, this news about punk could be the explanation why they move the world title match from all out to next week. Because to mm -hmm. me, them moving the all out title match was very WCW-esque. It was very much like, hmm, are we not getting the ratings? Because apparently this week's episode didn't crack a million. So this idea that you're now taking the world title match, which was clearly set for AEW and or for all out, and we were all good with that, now it's showing up on free TV on Dynamite. So it could be if indeed Punk is upset, this is how you get the belt off of Punk. If all of this Punk stuff is true. For me, I think it's a bit confusing because I don't know what you do for All Out now. I mean, this was the main event that you had set up for the pay-per-view. I don't know what you do now. And I don't mm -hmm. know how you spin this title match to make it make sense. I don't know. Is it possible we get like a dusty finish? Is 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 this just one of the things where we're trying to get people to tune in and watch and the match will still happen at all out? Because again, this does feel very 90s Monday Night Wars booking in terms mm -hmm. of all right, well, let's put it on free TV, but we won't name a winner, it'll just end in a dusty finish. Could this be a setup for MJF returning? Could we see actually Punk or MJF go over. I'm sorry, Punk or Moxley go over and a return of MJF to challenge it all out. Uh, I think next week is in Cleveland, correct? I think uh, uh I Dynamite's think in Cleveland, which mm -hmm. John Moxley's from, from Ohio. Mm -hmm. I think CM Punk's last walkout happened in Cleveland. I think, like, mm. when he walked on the WWE. Like, so mm. there's like some long term storytelling happening here. So, again, it's like, am I being worked? Is this a shoot or should I just sit back and enjoy what's happening to me that I'm even talking about this and I'm interested in what's happening? Because Punk's been back for two weeks and this is the most invested I've been in AEW probably since MJF left. Well, and I'll also say this. I think that there's pressure on AEW right now. Uh, I think the they did not expect WWE to respond and rebound as well as they have from the loss of Vince McMahon. And now with surprise returns, 
with really cool storylines and great wrestling action. Think about what's happened in AEW over the last two weeks. Punk and Kenny Omega both return from injury. Now, I think Omega came back a little too early, just judging My man how he was does in not the ring. He <laughs> look ready. He's, he's not ready at all. Uh, and I'm uh, not sure how ready Punk really is if we're if we're really being honest at this point. So I think this is going to make for very interesting television next week. I'm sure we'll all be watching to see what happens with this world title and to see if indeed Punk is leaving. If he is, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, know. Are, are we approaching almost a year of Punk and AEW? Well, we are. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. It was a year in August. So we are at yeah. that one year mark, which, again, we don't know the length of the contract, if it really was a multi-year deal or uh, if it's a one-year deal. If it's a one-year deal, the writing's on the wall. It's right there. Well, and also on his exes. Maybe we could decipher yeah. his exes. Listen, all I'm saying is NXT Europe. No! Yes. Just think yes. about this, though. Long-term booking. Long-term booking. What's the word I'm looking for? Long-term Long -term booking. booking. Thank you. Yes. I, I need Stokely Hathaway as, as my mouthpiece. I get emotional when I talk about this stuff. NXT Europe is returning. NXT Europe is returning. CM Punk might be leaving. CM Punk, new NXT European champion? Absolutely not. No? Okay, all right. I just wanted to no way, no how. Yeah. I, think, I don't, I don't think, I mean, even with Triple H at the helms, I don't think CM Punk is going to do that. He got some Polish. He got, I think he got some, he got some Polish in him, I think, CM Punk, so he can be well, European champion. somebody who uh, is not leaving anytime soon, um, and I kind of feel, and I know we put Ric Flair in the bucket, but just to take him out just quickly, I kind of feel <laughs> like um, with this gentleman, it might be Ric Flair status in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Hmm. Who wants to talk about him? I'll, I'll talk about Mr. Jericho, uh, who has gone by probably more names than Sean Combs at this point. Um, <laughs> Jericho, uh, who has been the pain maker. He went back to being the Lionheart. He's a wizard. He's a this, he's a that. He is the elder statesman for sure of AEW he's recently asked if he would consider retiring since he has now spent 32 years in the business he feels as though his run with AEW has reinvigorated his career he feels like he's doing some of his best work and he does say that uh when he starts feeling like he's not doing his best work or that he's a shell of himself that's when he'll walk away now that seems to be no time soon and I've got to tell you, I think his work in New Japan and in AEW has been pretty legendary Woo. as of late. He, um, I mean, he's showing that he can do almost any style of match. You know, he is doing great commentary work as well. So uh, I think as long as Jericho keeps going, I mean, Jericho is reminding me of, you know, Minoru Suzuki and some of these folks in terms of 30 plus years in the business. And it doesn't look like it. So um, I would say as long as Jericho stays active, um, I don't know how many years he has left, but I hope he won't be going down um, the road of uh, 
Well, the guy who's got a new drip line and well, <laughs> apparently the time is 420 wherever he is. So, Always I mean, that's that's the deal. But yeah, I you know, the other thing about Jericho is he has scheduled breaks, which works. His band Fozzie yeah. getting ready to go on tour. You know, they just released a new album a couple of months ago and uh, that's doing well. He's got his cruise that's coming up. So he's got a few yeah. things that keep him in shape, keep him moving, give him enough breaks where he stays fresh. Uh, so I think he could yeah. still have a couple of years. He still looks exactly. Great. He does, man. The thing about Jericho, you know, and the difference between Jericho and Flair is Jericho doesn't have a lot of uh, too many personal problems or multiple wives to pay or anything like that. Jo Jericho is hmm. very, he's a loyal man. He has a very loyal wife. Uh, his wife may not be loyal to democracy uh, if you look at the internet, but they are loyal to each other. He doesn't have any family issues. Great family. He has a lot of other income. I think Jericho is probably one of the first wrestlers you really saw like get money outside of wrestling with different endeavors, Multiple whether it's hosting. Yeah, whether it's podcasting, like what are you, LA? Is Jericho like an aspiring LA artist or something like that? He had multiple income. <laughs> so I think with him being able to reinvent himself, you know, uh, two weeks ago when he took on Moxley as uh, a week ago, excuse me, as, as Lionheart, I actually went to Peacock and I had WrestleMania 2000 already in progress. And who did I see from 22 years ago on my TV? Chris yeah. Jericho in a yeah. triple threat against Kurt Angle and um, he who shall not be named uh, for the <laughs> Euro Continental Championship. Remember, Angle was double champ and mm -hmm. uh, he, he lost both straps to Jericho and the um, other guy. And mm -hmm. I was just like, damn, that was 22 years ago. And that man is still going like heavy, mm -hmm. like, you know, still like out here putting on quality matches, still being relevant, still setting trends. You know what I'm saying? So Chris Jericho's always been in my top 10, even probably like in like 05, 06. I was like, this guy's top 10. Everyone was like, no, Jericho, not yet. So now he's really creeping up there to be top five. As far as Jericho being one of the last of the Mohicans, one of the guys that had to wrestle in the middle of nowhere, followed by wrestling in Japan and then doing the ECW, WCW circuit to WWF at the time. Like he's he's walking history. Some might say he's even a living legend. So I would say appreciate Chris Jericho, the wrestler, for everything that he is. And, you know, he's not above criticism because once people body shamed him, he... Uh, <laughs> I noticed that in looking at some pictures. So yeah, like, you know, he dropped the weight, dude. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, good for TNT. We just happened to be a bunch of basketball fans watching the playoffs and watching the late Dynamite. People were like, is that Chris Jericho from 20 years ago? Goddamn. Mm -hmm. He like mm -hmm. somebody's southern baby mama. But uh, so Jericho looks wow. good. You know, like wow. he heard it. You remember that day? It was like a it was like a playoff game on TNT and Dynamite came on late. And then when people was watching the basketball game, it was like, is that Y2J, man? We got it. But, you know, props to Jericho. He didn't go on the internet and complain and be like, why are you making fun of me, blah, blah, blah. He just dropped weight. Was like, all right, watch this. And my man looks good. He's 51, 52 plus, man. Appreciate Y2J, Chris Jericho, because we would never, ever see anybody like Chris Jericho again. Well, yes, uh, that's um, my question. Like, I feel like when people talk about wrestlers, He's not necessarily in the mix 
all the time. Like you have some people, there's certain wrestlers that they call out all the time, but with Jericho, I feel like they're not putting as much respect on his name. Like the fact he is yeah. still going mm-hmm. after yeah. all these years, two different, well, several different promotions, but mm-hmm. like went from one major okay. promotion to the next promotion and has that storyline and all the other things. I, I feel like people almost like forget. It's like uh, how people treat the Miz, but right. before the Miz. Like right. It's, yeah. it's kind of interesting when you think about that. Yeah. yeah you know, no, and, and, and I was going to say, and Miz can't help his era. You know what I'm saying? That he just kind of came up in this era where everything was gone essentially when he was coming up. But as far as Jericho, if you have time, Peacock, there's some Smoky Mountain wrestling. You can see him, a young Chris Jericho, a young Lance Storm, the Thrill Seekers in Smoky yes. Mountain Wrestling with James E. Cornette was running that. Mm-hmm. But you'll see the three, uh, the, uh, the Thrill Seekers wrestling in some like Knoxville, Tennessee high school gym out there. And mm-hmm. you can just watch Jericho forever, man. He was timeless then. He was timeless now. So shout out to Y2J, man. Shout out to Chris Jericho. He ain't going to win no time soon. Nope. That I mean, I mean, he said it point blank. He's like, I don't know what you, what y'all heard, but this thought it's not what's happening. <laughs> right, right. And again, he's uh, the king of reinvention. So, yeah. mm-hmm. oh my, my favorite one is with him and Kevin Owens. Um, the the yes. list. Yes. Yes. I mean, come That's on. Great. That's great. He he, was, he 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 got a list over, you know what I mean? Multiple right. lists. Chris Jericho is a man of lists, whether it's you just made the list, whether it's the list mm-hmm. of a thousand and four holds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was 24 years ago. You know, armbar. Right. And it still resonates like with any wrestling fan. If you just yelled armbar, we mm-hmm. initially like we we instantly know what that means. And Jericho mm-hmm. continues to elevate and put over new talent. You know, he's a man of the business for the business. He's given his life for the business. So uh, he's going to be doing his thing with Fozzie. They just dropped that album, Boombox, back in May. Hopefully a crowd will be singing to us soon. Uh, the Rock and Rage Tour is going to be in February 2023. I want to try to go to one of those. Like, yeah. I want to I, I want to definitely, like, be, like, one of those. And Jericho also mentioned that self-awareness is the key. And that kind of harkens back to when people were kind of crapping on him on the internet. He was like, oh, you know what? You're kind of onto something, you know? First of all, Jericho even got that plump like that for Japan. Because in Japan, you he know, uh, with the American wrestlers, they like him a little beefy, a, a little Stan Hansen. Uh, what is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Jinjus or the Ganjas, whatever they're called. Yeah. The, the American yeah. wrestlers. Oh, uh, the, uh, so, uh, the Though I think Ganja wrestlers. is something completely different. That's more Ric Flair esque. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That harkens back to what Flair's doing now. Yeah, that's yes. right. <laughs> um, well, somebody that you know was gone and now is back um, in a faction pretty much has some stuff to say because we actually talked about this like two weeks ago as far as Swerve being an integral part and Swerve is with AEW, but they still brought back Hit Row. So Top Dollar had some words to say. Who wants to take this story? Top Dollar. I'll grab it. Uh, Top Dalla, of course, uh, made his return to WWE along with the rest of Hit Row last week. Um, it was a big, big moment. Some didn't see it coming. And, of course, a lot of people had questions, would Hit Row return without mm. Swerve Strickland? Because, of course, of course, Swerve is in AEW as a tag champion. So he went on, um, Top Dalla went on to a recent podcast to tell some folks um that, rem- that 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 didn't know that again 
this whole hit row thing was a thing long before Swerve. They had been mm -hmm. doing hit row together for two years, and then Swerve was added two weeks before they actually debuted. So they also, once they got released, they asked Swerve, you know, if he wanted to ride with them, and Swerve was like he wanted to do his own thing. So that's mm. why, you know, he didn't end up, uh, when they were doing the hit makers and GCW and other places, yeah. he didn't end up there because he wasn't interested. He wanted to be his own man. He wanted to do his own thing. So that's why Top Dollar, you know, they refer to themselves as the OG3 because they are the original members of Hit Row. And so, yeah, there's no beef. Obviously, Swerve loves what's happening with them. They love what's happening with Swerve. But, yeah, Swerve did not want to kind of be a part. He wanted to do his own thing. And so that's why uh, Swerve is where he is and Hit Row is where they are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Swerve uh, had a whole, like, career before he even entered WWE. So, right, yeah. I mean, yeah, I – I don't see why that would, I mean, nobody's taking issue to it, but it's just kind of like, if you started off as your own and they, they, they said, okay, we're going to put you in this two weeks before, but you've been doing your own thing this whole time. It only makes sense. It's like, I did it before they let me go. I already know what I'm capable of. And, you know, look within a period of time, he was signed to AEW. So mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, swore wanted to do his own thing and ended up in a tag team with Keith Lee. Sounds like your own thing to me, pal. No, really happy for Swerve. Be a thing. <laughs> Loved him in Defy Wrestling. I watched him in Seattle doing his thizzle and whatnot. Uh, I think it's one of the cases where everyone's just kind of being dope publicly. But I think behind the scenes, it might be a little different <laughs> story. Because so? we all questioned it. We were just like, damn, you know, you just get rid of the whole hit row. And then, you know, Swerve kind of proclaimed himself as like the leader. He was the guy. We all looked at hit row as Swerve's group. That's why people were questioning what we're going to do with Swerve when Hit Row returned. We wouldn't be questioning these things unless we know what we saw, where it was for you. One of you left, and then one only showed up in AEW with, with, with the former NXT double champ, Keith Lee. And the trees of you was in GCW as the hit makers. Now y'all back with Swerve here. So it's going to be a lot of questions, but maybe in due time, everything will get resolved and we'll have like a massive Hit Row with Swerve and Keith Lee added. I don't think so. Swerve, I'm looking at Swerve. <laughs> he started in um, 2008. Mm -hmm. Like that, that he started his wrestling career that long ago. Like imagine, I don't even know what would be a good analogy, but imagine Kane, you're like doing your radio career. You've, you've, you've done it for a number of years. And then they bring in some, you know, newbies, not necessarily to assist you, but it's like, no, you're all a team now. You, and and then it doesn't work out. Then what are you gonna do? No, we are team now. Nah, I've yeah. been doing this for years. I know, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I feel like, like I, I, yeah, I, like, I don't think there's any foul there. Swerve Strickland said, uh, "What a we we." I don't speak French, bro. We, uh -uh. <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to all these independents and I'll see you guys in AEW, bro. See you later. Well, and, and the other thing to, to that point, TK, Swerve's career um, had been really far more significant than anything that Hit Row had done prior to. Right. Um, I mean, from Lucha to all of these other spaces that he was in. And I think people forget his run in NXT before there was Hit Row. I mean, he yeah. was involved in a tournament. He was doing a bunch of things there. So he he certainly was existing. And I think once they all got released, the people in terms of 
the promotions and things like that weren't necessarily looking for Hit Row. They were looking for Swerve. So Swerve had to go get that bag, which I completely understand. And I think he's good. I think he's totally good right now um, in AEW. So, yeah, you know, I think, again, like I said before, we give Hit Row now an opportunity to stand on their own and see what they can do. What do we think about Hit Row? Uh, like, oh, are we like, yeah, they're back? Or do we want to see this? I, 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 I've been kind of ho hum on them. I think that was the reason why Swerve was put with them in the first place to debut, and kind of seeing them without Swerve, I was kind of like, you know. Well, I think it's too soon, though. I mean, they only had really one main roster appearance before they were released. And so mm-hmm. this one appearance, they've only done, you know, an interview and had one match. So I think we got to give them some time to see what they're going to do. And I think most of us understand they're still all fairly young in the business in terms yeah. of what they can do in the ring. So we're going to get the chance to see them grow. And uh, I think we're here for that ride. I don't think we have the expectation of them that they're going to immediately shoot to the top when we know we were just getting to know them in the first place. Right. Yeah, we're going to yeah, see what and, happens. And we really don't know. Yeah, we really don't don't know. It's 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 a crapshoot with any type of gimmick and character. Yeah. I mean, it's, think, uh, go back to when New Day first started, and they were very gospel esque. Right. And you yeah. know, the folks who were not as melanated weren't feeling it. And then mm-hmm. now look at New Day several years later, and it's mm-hmm. like people get pissed off. It like wait, Biggie's going where? Like this that that's the thing. So I feel like we just don't know. But they've also put groups together and. It was a tremendous fail. So I right. feel like it's, you know, storyline. The onus is also on them, depending on how they, you know, they interact and how the, the moments that they get in and outside the ring, how it crosses over into television, because all those little nuances, that's not easy to do. Like, nope. you know, connecting mm-hmm. with somebody through a screen or connecting with somebody through the radio. And then on top of that, wrestle. And then on right. top of that, be a cohesive team. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, survive within the locker room. And then on top of that, all these things it's not, it's, it's not, it's not an easy, easy thing. So yeah, I definitely agree, um, you know, giving them some time, but I feel like after, if they're not getting the Roman Reigns push, which I doubt they're going to get, it's very few people who get that push where, you know, WWE pushes them down our throat. But I think after about six months, if it doesn't hit, it's either that they have to do something different or it's just not going to work. Um, and I was, I think I was telling Kane, I can't remember I, before, before we got on, it's just kind of one of those things that I, I like, I like the group. I like the fact that they came back. I'm all for people getting jobs. Um, it's just one of those things that at this moment, it's just one dimensional. And so now mm-hmm. we have to see what else the matches and all this other right. stuff, which, you know, what, what happens in the next coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I see what exactly pushes those guys over the edge. Will we get a hit row mixtape? Who knows? They knew some trans media. I mean, it's possible. Figure out what's it's going fun. on. I love how like the only like truly successful rap gimmick in WWE was some white dude from Massachusetts, John Cena, <laughs> who put out an album and everything. He had like an album and everything. He was like the most serious rapper gimmick ever in WWE. So let's see what happens with Hit Row to push those guys over the edge. Uh, speaking of yeah. going edge out here, our guy from Toronto, Judgment Day, Womp Womp. Um, Ed spoke on Busted Open Radio with our guy Dave LaGreca on Sirius XM, and he spoke about, you know, just dealing with the triceps injury and being open for advice and how ultimately he was offered the chance to be on a creative team 
And he tried it for about three weeks and was like, you know what, dude, I'm a, I'm a wrestler, baby. I, I, I shouldn't be in here. I, I, you know, I, I should maybe like, you know, just give me a couple people who need help with the promos and I'll step in that way. So shouts to mm-hmm. edge being a locker room leader, feeling like, you know, he doesn't want to play both sides. Cause that can be tough to kind of be that player coach um, and promo somebody that, or, or be with creative or promo that might last longer than your actual injury. So you can make a decision about somebody that may affect them and you're already back on your, in your spot in the roster and they're in a certain spot. Mm-hmm. But he also spoke about, you know, Edge is 30 years in the career. You know, some people call him Edge. I like to call him Sexton Hardcastle. That was an actual ring name of him, Sexton Hardcastle. WCW, look it up. It exists. Uh, but, you know, he wrestled Bad News Brown and Rick Martell and Sweet Daddy Seekies, Ron Hutchison's, you know, learning from the Bret Hart's and whatnot. So he's an OG Edge. You know, Edge is kind of like mm-hmm. that middle child in, in, in terms of, like, rap metaphors because – this guy, again, he wrestled Bad News Brown, you know what I mean, in the 90s. For God's sake, his first match was against Savio Vega in WWE. You know what I mean? His first match, his debut was against Savio Vega. Let's, let's think about that for a sec. And then this Monday, he's going to be taking on Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently, he just likes beating up Puerto Ricans. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's right there. Damian Priest. I was like, oh, they are. Uh, <laughs> no! My opinion does not affect the opinions of Edge. Remember, Edge is from Canada. He can't be racist as that promo he did against John Cena and Johnny Mercury. Remember that? Uh, I mean, uh, when he was talking about Edge, whatever, and he was like, uh, Johnny Nitro's grandmother is African or something like that. It was, it's a great promo. Look it up. But Edge just has some moments, is what I'm trying to tell you. And the fact that he's going to take on Damian Priest in Toronto in 2022, nearly 12 years to the day that we thought he was going to be gone forever. Love it, mm-hmm. man. So trust Edge. And I'm sorry that the Judgment Day wanted him to zap people out of his fingers or whatever they wanted to do. I wish he would have set in for those creative meetings so he could turn it down. That doesn't work for me, brother. Mm-mm. I feel like he does have more like creative control over his personal brand because of like the length, mm-hmm. how long he's with WWE. But I feel like as um, you know, being creative, not everybody could be a coach. Not everybody right. is. You know, they might be in the game for a long period of time, but and you have to have something in you that connects with that person on a certain level to inspire them. And not to say he doesn't inspire people, but he probably he, he's grown. So he probably knows what his what's his thing. Like, for instance, I'm not a writer. I, I, I started this industry. I'm like, I'm going to write. I'm going to do radio. I'm going to do TV. Then I realized quickly after getting fired from three jobs that writing <laughs> is not my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's just, and anytime I see ty- any, any people approach me or, you know, article, it's, it's not, I, I, I know that's not my forte. And I think that, you know, it's the same thing with, with edge. How long did it take you to stop putting U's after O's or spelling theater with an E at the end because of Canadianism? I still, I still, I actually go back and forth. It's, yeah. it's very, <laughs> Like I, I go back and forth between the, th- and I think there was one comedian where he was talking about like the rest of the world. For so, for you guys who are wondering what Kane is referring to, the rest of the world spells correctly, and America just decides that <laughs> no, 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 we're no longer gonna put a U in color. We're just taking it out completely because we want to. Like I, you know, it, and and it's and how you read how you guys write the date. 
And it's so funny, I've been here so long that I didn't even realize that I wrote the date completely different when I was in Canada, but now I'm here. Yeah. I write the date because that's just what Americans do. And right. I, I guess I'm kind of American now because I- We've Americanized even, you. Yes. I guess so. Because I doesn't even it doesn't even translate until somebody brought it up. Yeah, so, no. Um, I remember sometimes like you would text me and like, I'll be like, oh, there goes the you. <laughs> like you'll add like a you or something. You just spell something like super Canadian, and I'm like, okay, yes, I'll go get some poutine with you then, or whatever the hell. I hate get some poutine. poutine. Uh, Nikki, <laughs> I I don't know which, where you're which one you're referring to as far as what is crazy, but color Clue. is the correct spelling. This, that that is the go. correct spelling. Um, but you know, here in America, that's just what that's just what I I I. I didn't know you was a part of La Resistance with Rob Conway and Renee <laughs> Dupree, apparently. But uh, um, actually, with Nikki in the chat, I want to bring this up pretty uh, quickly. <laughs> that um, Giselle Shaw, we actually interviewed yes. her. Well, actually, Nikki actually, Nikki and Katrina, um, both are writers and hosts for Women's Wrestling Talk. They actually interviewed uh, Giselle Shaw, so that interview will be dropping on Monday. So definitely oh. stay tuned for that. Um, great interview beautiful person in and out um so i mean i just can't wait to for y'all to see it and just see her career in general so yeah i need be on the lookout for that yeah definitely like giselle shaw is probably going to be one of the new pillars one of the new anchors of the impact women's knockouts division uh, knockouts division so i'm really excited to see to see her get busy out here yeah and she said something really interesting too she was referring to the fact that she's asian and you know we have um there's, there's a little bit of a, a difference. We have people who are Asian that come from a different country, and then we have people who are Asian who are raised here. And I feel like we, we definitely highlight the Asians that come from different countries, but the ones that are here that are American or that are, you know, North American, we don't highlight as much. So it's, or they're not given as many opportunities. So mm -hmm. um, she didn't mention, she didn't mention not necessarily what I just talked about, but I'm really hoping to see like the Viva bands and, you know, other Asian Americans actually be highlighted because they're mm -hmm. doing, you know, a great job as well. Viva Van, if she's not signed within the next, she has like five belts. If she's not signed within the next like <laughs> yeah. year or so to somebody, like, what are, what are you doing with your life? But you know. I think she should be on NWA Empower. Oh wait, <sighs> they, don't have enough, ah! they don't have enough people <laughs> for. Got it. Got they don't have enough TV ready talent, apparently. Got uh, it. Well, it's that's what, speaking of NWA Power, that's our, our our next and last story. I guess you just want to be in the news all this week. Uh, who wants to take this one? I got that, man. My guy, young w William Corgan, when he's not busy smashing pumpkins or smashing back box offices for NWA 74 coming up in St. Louis, <laughs> could have threw it then, NWA Empower, just saying. But he spoke about how uh, WWE Network was interested in having NWA, but nothing never got off the ground. The good folks at Fightful discussed this and saying that, uh, of course, NWA was a the governing body of multiple territories, including the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, now known as WWE before Vince McMahon bought everybody out and took everybody from the territories. But they were going to harken back by saying that, uh, you know, they want to incorporate the legacy and they wanted to have it on there because obviously that uh, the network had like evolved with Gabe Sapolsky. They showed progress, ICW, WXW, and whatnot. But they wanted to have um, NWA on there, and it just never got off the ground. Obviously, 
WWE Network has a lot of the world-class stuff. They have a lot of the NWA territory stuff, but not actual current NWA as a wrestling company as a whole. So I think it's unfortunate. I think it would have been dope to kind of see another WWE NWA crossover story. We kind of had one back in 98, if you guys remember, with the new Midnight Express. I think it was like Bob Holly and Bart Gunn in the midst of leaving smoking guns and getting knocked the F out by Butterbean and Tough Enough in WrestleMania 14. So they were NWA tag champs for a while. I think the, the headbangers beat them to win the scraps. Of course, there was like uh, uh, Dan Severn and whatnot, that, that NWA invasion that Jim Cornette managed back in 98, 99. So I would have loved to see that. And I hope that Billy Corgan is saying it because the door isn't closed and he's putting it out there for the public to kind of be like, Hmm. Actually, I, I I would love to see that. And or Billy Corgan is, is is in negotiations with Fight TV and trying to use this as as a negotiated tactic as well. <laughs> well, yeah, because you can see all the NWA uh, stuff on on Fight through. Mm -hmm. um, you have to click to buy the um, buy the pay per views and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean. NWA is great. I mean, I just watch, I legit just watch it for the, the, the women's matches. Um, yeah. You know, no shade to the guys, but, you know, I, I feel like they could do more with the amount of history that they have. It's so important. There, there, there is more that could be done. And I don't know if it's like Billy Corgan doesn't want to release some of the reins to allow that to happen because anybody who's created their own project or owns or is overseeing a project, that's their baby. So mm -hmm. it's very hard to let go and let somebody else like, okay, we're going to take, you know, this brand to another level, which I think could possibly be done, especially in this era of wrestling. There's so, there's so much wrestling out there. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know where his, um, where his, his mind is at there, but before, um, after this point, I want to actually talk about Vince McMahon's biopic. So just that's what mm. we're going into, and then we're ending. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I mean, I just think that NWA, NWA is just so important, and I rap on this. NWA is the most important three letters in professional wrestling, possibly in the world, and the world's most dangerous rap group. But I mean, because we don't have WWE without NWA. We don't have WCW without NWA. NWA is literally Nicki Minaj. All you bitches are my sons. Like they birthed what we have as professional wrestling. So well, I would like to see it showcased more. Like NWA is probably comparable to what um eight uh with uh with uh, AJPW is in Japan. That all Japan was like the company before you know NW um NJPW kind of took over and became everything. But I just think NWA is so important, and it sucks to kind of have to watch him on YouTube at six oh five. And like I, I get what they got going on, but I wish they had a much bigger platform to really showcase the history and what they are. It's NWA, G. Mm -hmm. Well, what's, I mean, I, I certainly recognize the history that is the NWA. I think the problem for NWA in terms of being innovative and being able to move forward and move ahead didn't just start with Billy Corgan. It started back in the 80s when they were being, when they were competing with WWE and couldn't hang. When they tried to expand outside of Mid-Atlantic and it didn't work. 
you know, when they hadn't figured out how they could work the territories that they were governing to be able to counteract Vince. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do pay-per-view right. Their business acumen wasn't right. And so I think, yes, the NWA showed us what a traveling world champion could be, but they could not progress. And so now the business that we see, thanks to WWE, had a lot more to do with great business acumen and ensuring that more than the promoter eats. Wrestlers get to eat now because of WWE and their merchandising and finding multiple streams of incomes. So the problem that we have now with the NWA is, I mean, even after WCW folded, the NWA tried to start again now as, as TNA and then TNA separated. It's like the NWA as its own governing body has never figured out how to progress. And I think that is where its problem lies. Um, and I don't know that Billy Corgan is really showing us the way to progress it. I think they had a great opportunity. Again, COVID, COVID man ate up a whole yeah. lot of things. And I You're mean, right. to think about the fact that right uh, before COVID happened, NWA was supposed to do this massive Crockett Cup deal here in Atlanta. I had tickets for it. It was going to be in a separate arena. It was going to be massive. And then, of course, the way that uh, COVID ate up the NWA, NWA was inactive for a year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. They did nothing for a year. That's more than almost any of the other promotions um, who were negatively impacted. So, And they're still rebounding from that they're still rebounding from that so i again it's it's more of an issue of figuring out how to be creative and figuring out business partnerships because the nwa needs money to be able to do the kinds of things that Mm -hmm. would get them on larger platforms i love the nostalgia element of it you know the old graph like there's a cool element to it but there has to be something progressive in terms of getting it out to there's no reason the nwa shouldn't have a tv deal except there isn't the business acumen and the business vision. So that, I think, is a major, major issue for the NWA. Well, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, what we know we for sure is that there's no in power for 2022. But uh, we will... We, Speaking we, we, to we, the creativity and lack of business. So yeah, there we go. That part. Um, but as one NWA anyway. said, way to express yourself, G. I like that. I like that. <laughs> express yourself. Uh, so uh Kane, you actually mentioned it when you were talking about NWA as far as how Vince, you know, the empire of WWF now WWE has gotten to this point. And um I was just kind of like looking around on 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 the internet and it's like they've been talking about a Vince biopic uh, in 2017, but I'm pretty sure they were talking about it even before then. Uh 2017 is kind of when it all sparked. Uh, 2022, they're talking about it in March. And then, of course, all this stuff about Vince happened. Um, and, you know, that the deal is now dead. However, given the fact that Vince is now out of WWE and all the agree, like, and I'm not putting down any people that he's affected, any women, all this other stuff, but he didn't kill anybody. I still feel like the WWE to this point in the last three or four years were kind of, you know, tough to watch. But the fact that they still maintain, they still got through a whole pandemic, all this other stuff under Vince essentially deserves him a bio. Like, I'm very curious at how he got to this point. 
like how how this all happened, how these deals were made, his thought process, his vision, all that stuff. And I think that Vince does deserve a biopic, um, you know, and and not sugarcoating it like you know how they do some other biopics. Like, oh, I started with a vision, and then mm-hmm. I married this lovely lady, and then I had two children, and then wrestling just mm-hmm. happened. That's that's not how business goes. So I I really am I'm, I'm hope that to see either a documentary style where you have people commenting or a full-on movie or both. Um, so I am very much an advocate in seeing the Vince McMahon biopic um, sooner than later. Like, yes, this is all happening, but I guarantee you, if you put out a biopic, people will still watch. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Vince McMahon, I mean, we, we saw what happened in the midst of the news coming out. People were still cheering this man and and going goo goo gaga over him for what he has done for professional wrestling and quite frankly what he has done to change the world i mean if we're going to make movies and biopics about you know dictators and people who actually did criminally wrongdoings in, in in the world who we try to get rid of and in some places it's even against the law to mention them then i think the vince biopic will come is that a matter if but when it will happen. I've been originally a couple of years ago, there was talks that Bradley Cooper will star and, and produce it. And we know how Hollywood goes. Things just sit in developmental hell. And just unfortunately, while sitting in this developmental hell, there was hell on earth and the planet got scorched of these Vince McMahon um, accusations and lawsuits and paying money and, and whatnot. But I think that, you know, with, with that, you're gonna to have to include that in the biopic as well. You know, if if you're gonna tell it, you gotta tell it all. Watch this. You heard Usher. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're gonna get that that biopic eventually. Just a matter of if it's a matter of, of 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 when, not if. So, you know, and a miniseries as well. If people have like the 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 attention span to watch something like that, you know what I mean? But it's Vince McMahon. You have Vince to make McMahon. it juicy though. Yeah, Vince right. beat the government. You, you, you know to, what I mean? You know, yeah. Vince. You know, Vince ain't gonna want no, no no miniseries on Netflix. That boy gonna want a nationwide WWE Studios shown in a meet in a, in a wrestling. Well, it's definitely not gonna be the WWE Studios thing. Is that's never gonna happen? Like it, not it, not the version not the version that that they were going to sure. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. yeah I, I think this in the strangest of ways. Now that Vince is no longer with WWE, I think we actually might move closer to seeing either a biopic, a miniseries, a documentary with multiple episodes, um, because now you don't necessarily need the cooperation of WWE. Um, And so that puts you in a position, I mean, think of all the stories that have been told. He is a personality that, number one, his story has not been told, so people would be interested in that period because he's been such a polarizing personality, people are going to want to see what made him this way. They're going to want to talk. I mean, it makes sense. The question is who's going to be able to make it um, and who has enough interest to do it. That's going to be the thing. But I think in terms of the interest from a fan perspective, um, I think non-wrestling fans would watch because his name has been mentioned so much, you Mm -hmm. know, that they'd want to see the story. They'd want to hear it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely think there's going to be great interest, uh, in what happens because everybody wants to know the how and the why now, yeah. will he be involved? Probably not. That we don't know, 
but you don't necessarily need him to be involved. I mean, it could even be an unauthorized documentary. You know, those things still, they still work. Mm -hmm. If you get, I mean, the amount of people that he's interacted throughout his life, you can get several people to sit down and talk. And I liked, um, and I think Ric Flair didn't like this version, but I believe it was um, ESPN or one of those documentaries where they had people sit down and talk. And as the people were talking, they were doing a cartoon version of how everything was happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I I feel like um, the only, the only thing that would, that, it's going to be a hard part for whoever decides to make this documentary is the ending because uh, we all know that Vince is not ending up in jail. Um, You know, he might have to pay, you know, a certain amount of money, but that doesn't like, he's still rich. And I feel like in the society that we are in now, depending on what those, all those allegations are, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. If you're like, this man has gotten all the way here in the midst of that. He was terrorizing people, allegedly. We don't know. Speculation. And they caught him. And, oh, by the way, he got to keep his money. And now he's sailing off in the sunset. Like, that's that's kind of the the how they how they choose to end it. That's going to be the 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 real hard part for whoever makes it. Well, it's it's like the celebrity swindler. Right. I mean, like you tell the whole story and then in the end, it. All the end is, is where we are currently. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's really not much control. Over yeah. That. So I, I think, it's I think it just, yeah. I mean, it's going to end somehow, some way with Vinnie Mac up top. You know what I mean? Um, Vince, Mc, that you took JD, you took it right out of my mouth. That's Vince funny. will just say, it was me all along, Austin. <laughs> he just wanted, he got tired of working and just wanted to leave uh, eventually. Yeah. But, but I think that, you know, obviously there is, no chance in hell that it ends any differently than Vince McMahon on top. Maybe like suffocating the eagle and holding up a WWE championship with his foot on Lady Liberty or something just spectacular. So we're going to wait and see what goes down, what happens. Uh, maybe it might be like a choose your own adventure. You choose what happens to Vince. You write the storyline to, to make it interesting for wrestling. You just write what happens to Vince. And that's the story. And that part, and then we're going to end off with this. There's definitely a lot more people who do uh, need biopics. China is definitely one of them. Um, did you guys see but, that yeah. documentary on China, though, that they did? Because um, they were shooting one, and they aired it on Vice uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. It was powerful. Yeah. Oh, but dude, Lord. I met China like a month before she passed really mm. there was this uh this like huntington beach program like this volleyball thing in, in huntington beach and that was when we i was with am 570 la sports and we had like this oh, nice. petros and money uh live broadcast thing and like luke walton showed up and i was like oh snap luke walton and then like 10 minutes later there was china just there wow and I was like, oh, my as God, in, China. as an invited guest or was she? just? No, there? she was just hanging out like I think it was her and like the manager or something like that. And the manager was trying to get her on the show, whatever. And some mm-hmm. dude who I guess never watched wrestling, an unnamed co-worker. He was lame, though, was trying to like shoot him away. And I was like, that, man, that's China, bro. What, what, you know, wow. I was like, that's China. So, yeah, man. So we ended up having a good chat. I remember just how like warm and her her energy it was so dope, man. I was—I talked her face off. I couldn't even get a picture. I was just talking to her so long, and I was like, "Somebody snap a candid, please." Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, that's my random uh-huh. China story. And then, like a month later, she passed, and I was like, "Oh, Damn. dude, 
Wow. You know, because like you could tell she was really starting to like be back out here and mm -hmm. she kind of had that like clarity and, and whatnot. So who knows? Maybe when they make a biopic, that meeting will be in there. No, maybe. Okay, yeah. Because I'll produce it probably. I'm like, hey, I gotta make sure I'm pitching this part. Yeah. When I met China on Huntington Beach just hanging out. Well, yeah, it, it was really cool though. So yeah, rest in peace. I, I'm happy that she got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I wish it was while she was still here, but you know, China's definitely one of the um the uh the uh oh thanks, Nikki. I appreciate that. Um yeah, I I I wanted her to like put me in a body slam or something, but you know, insurance purposes. I was like, can you choke me out, please? Like, I mean, gosh. there's always Jordan Grace. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I could pass with Jonathan Gresham. I'll do it. I'm like, hey, it's me, oh, babe. Good. John Gresham, your husband. It's me. Wow. No? Okay. Well, on that note, uh, yeah. Kane, where can everybody find follow you? Yes. Unfortunately, please follow me at Kane McCoy, C-A-I-N-M-C-C-O-Y, or follow my burner account at Jonathan Gresham. Sheesh. <laughs> well, all right. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy, I don't I don't know what you do with that. Just yeah. Just keep That's moving. Cool. Yeah, we keep moving. Yeah. Uh yeah. you you could find me at Bonnerfied on all social spaces. It's been a very full week. Uh SHW 42 debuted on IWTV this week. So you can check that out. Last night, we had the debut of Battle Slam, the takeover on Fight TV. Did commentary for that. So you guys can check that out if you missed it. Um, it was a lot of fun. It's for free. It's crazy. Just go to Fight TV and check it out. Great match for Little Scrappy. Uh, thank you, Nikki. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And then today, a brand new promotion that we uh, just launched on Sunday called Championship District Wrestling. That episode launched on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube.com and check out Championship District Wrestling. Uh, the main event there uh, had a lot of AEW vibes to it. Uh, it was the factory, QT Marshall and um, Anthony Agogo against the Workhorsemen. And so uh, a lot of really cool moments on that. Oh. So check that out, and uh, we'll be keeping you posted on everything else. But definitely give us a follow at Bonnerfied. Ooh, booked and busy, booked and busy. Um, so definitely go and check out, like I said, um, we have Giselle Shaw. So that interview is dropping on Monday. So definitely go and check that out. Definitely go and check out our website, www.talkpod.com. We definitely appreciate everybody kind of tuning in. We're getting some looks, which I'm happy about. So I'm hoping I'm putting in the universe. It's There's no toxins yet, but I'm putting in the universe that there's going to be some big things happening with the website at the end of this year. Um, and then we have a plethora of shows uh, for you guys to check out um, tonight. We have SmackDown. Um, we have Roman's Tokyo. back. Roman's back. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that. We're out of time anyway. Roman's uh, tonight we have a smack, uh, uh, SmackDown, um, SmackDown after show. Um, we just have several shows. I've been meaning to. I, I will have it all together by next week. Probably not, but <laughs> hoping. Anyways, definitely check out our social media. We just hit 10K on Instagram. Um, oh, all that good stuff. Um, and you can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. Um, if you are in the LA area or you can go online, you can go to KBLA. I'll be discussing entertainment news in just under uh, an hour. Um, so definitely go and check that out. Thank you, Nikki. Nikki is a. Uh, Nikki is uh, just letting me know what's going down tonight. So Salt Shakers, which is uh, Nikki and uh, Santana, they're going to be in tonight. 
Um, also, Black Girl Magic is happening. It we is have tonight. two of our hosts, Katrina and Stephanie, that, that's in New York right now doing that. Yeah. And then we also yeah. have Turnbuckle Glam on Saturday, and then we have Raw on Monday. So definitely check all that out. Other than that, you guys have a wonderful rest of the Friday. Um, and thank you for watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao, y'all. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.